Hey everyone, welcome to Word Up Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's right, it's Sunday, the day that we lift up the Word of God and read it to you. And I just know today someone, in fact, everyone that listens to this is going to be blessed. We've got a couple listeners. One of them is a familiar face that's going to come on. And we have a new face today as well who has been given a powerful testimony in our chat rooms. And we are so glad to have Rachel join as well. But I just want to say, you know, it's Sunday morning. I woke up super, super early, uh, was on Telegram. We ended up having a two-hour Telegram chat this morning. And yes, we were chatting with people from around the world. Today we had a couple people from Australia. We had South Africa in the house. Tasmania was there. Wow, wow, wow. And there was even someone from Texas. And I believe it's that person that you're going to hear from. So she was up an hour earlier than me, even because of the time zone thing. So Rachel, thank you so much. And listen, I've got a reading that you are not going to expect to come from me. Uh, I'll tell you the truth. It's from the book I have spent the least amount of time in. I'm kind of surprised that I'm going to be reading this. I originally planned on reading from Timothy uh, this morning uh, before I walked my dog. I planned on reading from Hebrews to you uh, because there was a very specific message in that that I felt was right for the audience. But then I went to walk my dog. And I'm going to tell you the story. And I'm going to read the passage, uh, the scriptures to you. But first, let's go to our first guest speaker. Oh, let me do this because it's just so cool. Right on, right on, right on. Morning, guys. So today I decided to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy going or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, and I know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith as to remove, the mount remove mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, if I surrender, surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It is not jealous. Love does not brag and it is not arrogant. It does, it does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own, it is not provoked does not take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away with. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. 
But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, and reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, now I now know I know in part. But then I know fully, just as I have also been fully known. But now faith, hope, love, abide in these three, but the greatest of these is love. Good morning, beautiful people. My name's Sarah. Welcome to Write on Radio Word Up Sunday. Today I'm going to be reading from the book of Jude. Uh, I'm going to share some thoughts and reflections on it, uh, a poem that's meaningful to me in this season, and, uh, and then closing us out in prayer. So welcome. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Rejoice and be glad in it. So again, this is from the book of Jude. Warnings. The Warnings of History to the Ungodly. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called beloved and God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith that was once for all time handed down to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed, those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn to the grace of our God into indecent behavior and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to remind you, though you know everything once and for all, that the Lord, after saving a people out of the land of G Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe. And angels did not keep their own dominion, but abandoned their proper dwelling place. These he has kept in, in, in eternal restraints under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since they, in the same way as these angels, indulged in sexual perversion and went after strange flesh, are exhibited at, as an example in undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. Yet in the same way, these people also, dreaming, defile the flesh, reject authority, speak abusively of, ange of angelic majesties. But Michael the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him an abusive judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. These people disparage all things that they do not understand and all the things that they know by instinct, like unreasoning animals, by these things they are destroyed. Woe to them. For they have gone the way of Cain, and for pay have given themselves up to the era of Balaam and perished in the rebellion of Korah. These are the ones who are hidden reeves in your love feasts when they feast with you without fear, like shepherds caring only for themselves, clouds without water, 
carried along by winds, autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead uprooted, wild waves of the sea, turning up their own shameful deeds like dirty foam, wandering stars for whom the gloom of darkness has been reserved forever. It was also about these people that Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam prophesied saying, behold, the Lord has come with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on, up, upon all and con convict all the ungodly of their ungodly deeds, which they have done in an, an ungodly way and all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, finding fault, following, af following after their own lusts. They speak arrogantly, flattering people for the sake of gaining an advantage. But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they were saying to you, in the last time there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lust. There are those who cause divisions, worldly-minded, devoid of the spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire, and on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, to the God of our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. So now I just want to share with you a few thoughts um, about what that uh, book means, maybe some lessons uh, that we have to learn from Jude. Um, so here we go. So I really think that there's five lessons in the book of Jude, and I'm going to be reading my notes. I'm not as good flying off the cuff, so bear with me. So I think there's five left lessons from the book of Jude. Um, one, the big first lesson is contend for the faith. So both in your heart and in your actions, remain faithful in Christ day by day. So when we talk about remaining faithful in Christ day by day, um, here's a few thoughts. So there's always forgiveness for those who have fallen, who then repent and return to Christ. Jesus is always waiting for us with open arms. Jesus is always calling us back home. However, we must be willing to reach for him and receive the forgiveness and the salvation of Jesus Christ. So may we cling to Christ and finish strong in this battle. We've always got, we've got to be ready for uh, scoffers and false teachers right in our midst. So Jesus warned us repeatedly that in the last days, there would be those who mock Christians. False teachers who twist God's word will be rampant. The tactic that Satan used, right, in the Garden of Eden. Um, you know, Satan, remember Satan said, did God really say? Um, that type of teaching 
uh, is alive and well. God's word will stand forever, long after every fleeting opinion of mankind has fallen. So let's anchor ourselves to Christ in his word, and the word is the Bible. There are many today who are asking God to bow a knee to human opinions instead of bowing the knee to God's eternal truth. May we hunger and thirst for the word of life, God's word, and the Bible. His word nourishes and feeds our soul with God's unchanging truth. God spoke this whole universe into existence in our very frames. Is it any wonder that we need his word to survive? It's our best handbook. So build yourself up in the faith and the love of Christ. So as Satan stirs up more di division, animosity, hatred between people, may we return to Christ again and again prayerfully looking at our Savior on the cross. And as we pray in the Holy Spirit, may our hearts be melted with mercy and love poured out through us, poured out for us through his blood, that we may be loving and merciful to those that we meet. The fifth lesson is to snatch others from the fire. So whenever possible, speak truth and love to all who are willing to hear and turn to Christ. Pray for them and never stop praying. May we, may we remember above all that earthly blessings are temporal. Eternal blessings are forever. May we keep an eternal mindset in this season. So Jude writes this letter to what he calls the called. So as we consider this call from Jude, to fight for our faith as part of our responsibility as the children of God. I want you first to see all the work and all the promises uh, to do that has already been done on our behalf by God. Um, he's made so many promises and blessings to us. And I just wanna remind you of those here this morning. So specific things that the word states has are his responsibility towards us, his promises, um, his children, the called. So these are truths about you as children of God. So you, who he foreknew would one day be his child, his beloved. You, who he predestined to become more and more like Jesus. You, who he called into a relationship with himself, you, who he justified through Jesus's atonement and now stands as righteous, you, who he will one day glorify with a new resurrected body in your heavenly home, you, who he loves passionately and faithfully as his beloved, you, whose salvation he secures and keeps through the power of Jesus's blood. This is the work of, this is the work your God has done for you, is doing and will do on your behalf every day. These seven truths about you are never waving, they're never insecure, and they're all fully accomplished. That's the amazing truth. So after seeing all of God's work, the question that I have for you today is, will you do your work? Will you engage in your life and fight for your faith? Beloved, will you contend? 
So I also want to share um, a poem that really means a lot to me in this system. And I'm reminded often in this fight that for me, uh, it's not about politics or patriotism, um, but more about the fight for the children. Um, and I, like Jesse and Jeff, pray that they are all delivered by the hand of God out of this system. So I wanna share a poem with you right now that's uh, written by uh, a woman named Ina Jones. And the poem is, We Pray for Children. So we pray for children who put chocolate fingers everywhere, who like to be tickled, who stomp in puddles and ruin their new pants, who sneak popsicles before supper, who can never find their shoes. We pray for those who stare at photographers from behind barbed wire, who can bound down the street in a new pair of sneakers, who never counted potatoes, who were born in places we wouldn't be caught dead in, who never go to the circus, who live in an X-rayed world. We pray for children who bring us sticky kisses and fistful dandelions, who sleep with the dog and bury the goldfish, who hug us in a hurry and never forget their lunch money, who cover themselves in band-aids and sing off key, who squeeze the toothpaste all over the sink, who sloop, slurp their soup. And then we pray for those who never get dessert, who have no safe blanket to drag behind them, who watch their parents watch them die, who can't find any bread to steal, who don't have rooms to clean up, whose pictures aren't on anybody's dresser. We pray for the children who spend all their allowance before Tuesday, who throw tantrums in the grocery store, who pick at their food, and who like ghost stories, who shovel, who shove dirty clothes under the bed and never rinse out the tub, who get visits from the tooth fairy, who don't like to be kissed in front of the carpool, who squirm in church and scream on the phone, whose tears we sometimes laugh at and whose smiles can make us cry. But we also pray for those whose nightmares come in the daytime, who will eat anything, who never have seen a dentist, who aren't spoiled by anybody, who go to bed hungry and cry themselves to sleep, who live and move and have no being. We pray for children who want to be carried and for those who must, for those we must never give up on and for those who don't get a second chance and for those we smother and for those who will grab the hand of anybody who was kind enough to offer it. I just pray in the season that we can focus on the true battle and what we are truly up against, uh, which is not people, it's the principalities and the powers of darkness. So I really feel that the book of Jude is a letter that urges Christians to earnestly contend for the faith, to fight long and hard on behalf of their Lord. And Jude tells us how to combat this attack. We must build ourselves up in faith, 
We are to pray in the Holy Spirit, maintain ourselves in God's love, and wait for eternal life in Jesus. We need to show mercy to others. And we should have mercy on those who doubt, even those who are stained by sin. They're to be rescuers. Um, we're to be the rescuers, snatching some people out of the fires that will come. So Jude is really a call to fight, uh, but it's not like other any any other battle cry in history. It's really a charge to delight in God and to show mercy to others. This is how the church fights valiantly for the faith, by loving God and showing mercy. So let your heart be prepared to be sent. Let your hands be prepared to be sent. Let your feet be prepared to be sent. Let your lips be prepared to be sent. It's time to go, brothers and sisters. Who shall heaven send? I say, Lord, send me. So today, uh, just in prayer um, and in closing, uh, I wanted to share this with you. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died for my sin and removed my sin forever. Father, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I am free forever. Father, I am undone in your presence, and today I surrender every part of my life to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I choose this day to pick up my assignment and walk with you and others in joy. Lord, send me. Father, I choose to go wherever you tell me to go. I will do what you tell me to do. Father, I choose not to harden my heart when I hear your voice. Today, I will never be the same. In the Jesus' mighty name, amen. So really my hope and my declaration for you today is this. I decree and declare by the authority, power, and name of Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, that you will run and not faint, that you will run and not grow weary, that your feet are secure in him. I decree and declare that your heart is transformed forever and that your feet are shod with the gospel of peace. May he keep you. May he guide you. May he protect you. May every addiction and general generational curse break and fall at the feet of Jesus. May fear be broken and fall from your generational bloodline. May the cycle of doubt be broken and unbelief wither at its roots by the name and authority of Jesus. May you go in peace and pursue everything that God has called you to do. Be set free forever. Today, I declare for you, the joy of the Lord is my strength and the peace of God goes before me. I declare that every evil expectation set against me today and you will be shut down in Jesus' name. No weapon formed against me will prosper. 
I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I uh, am so grateful to have been able to join you today. Um, and I wish you blessings and lots of love. Thanks. Were those not powerful readings? I'm telling you, we have the best listeners, uh, best community, uh, because, you know, it's not about listening to the show or it's really being part of the community that matters. And uh, Rachel, thank you. And uh, and Sarah, you know how much uh, I appreciate you and everything you do, uh, <laughs> even when I'm sometimes in time of crisis, you have been a... Uh, an ear for me, and you are a friend of my family. Uh, that is for sure. So I'm going to tell you a little story of what happened this morning and why I'm going to read this. And I, <laughs> it's going to sound weird. I'm telling you people. In fact, even my story to bring this on is going to be weird. So uh, I often talk about, you know, for some reason, I hear God's voice when I'm walking my dog. <laughs> it just, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I hear God's voice and I'm walking. We're doing one of our regular routes this morning. And, uh, you know, as soon as I crossed this particular road, I felt just right out of the blue. I wasn't even asking God, what should I read? Because I kind of had my mind made up on Hebrews. And it entered my heart to read from the Song of Solomon. And I've spent very little time in this book. I gotta tell you, um, it's it's not one that has really called out my name much, uh, but I'm going to read from it and and I'll just tell you a quick story. So when I first got my dog, uh, he was about three and a half years old. We can't be sure, of course, because he was a rescue. He had zero training. Uh, he's a very large and aggressive super strong dog. Look, I'm, I'm a big guy. And, uh, if he wants to go somewhere, I can't hold him back. He will drag me, <laughs> you know, he's, uh, he's super powerful. And anyways, when we first got him, he got into this behavioral thing that whenever we crossed a road, he would turn in the middle of the road, grab the chain and start uh, grab the, the leash, I should say, and start playing tug of war. And he would do this at the most, most inappropriate spot in the middle of a road. And, you know, we couldn't get him off the road. And I still don't know why, uh, you know, obviously his behavior has corrected, uh, you know, I've spent time training him and things like that. But whenever I walk him and, you know, depending on if I go into the woods or if we go to, you know, through this uh, kind of the community route, um, you know, whenever we cross the, the first couple roads, he doesn't do anything. But then when I cross, make the, the last crossing, you might say on our way back, he always halfway through the road where he used to kind of grab, go up and grab the leash. He, instead, he looks up at me and he just kind of looks, looks up and goes, <laughs> you know, with a big smile on his face, like, see how good of a boy I am now. And so whenever we finish crossing that road, he gets a treat now. And, and I guess I've just... This is the weirdest analogy, I, I promise, but it's almost like our walk with Christ. And, and I can't wait to praise my dog. I can't wait to give him that treat because he's earned it. He doesn't do it on the first couple uh, streets he passes. He doesn't 
do it, you know, in other places on the walk. It's when he crosses that street where he had that behavioral problem before and it's corrected and he shows up, he looks up at me and says, I've learned and I love you and I want to please you. And then, and it pleases me to give him a treat. So uh, when I just, when I remembered that, I forgot he had that bad behavior because I was, you know, four years ago, four or five years ago now. And uh, anyways, I just thought that was maybe a, a confirmation that I should read this. So uh, here it goes. So it's from Song of Solomon uh, 4. And because it's a Song of Solomon and I just think the language, well, the language in this is uh, is interesting to say the least, but it is the word of the Lord. And uh, so I'm going to read out of the King James Version today. Behold, you are fair, my love. Behold, you are fair. You have dove's eyes behind your veil. Your hair is like a flock of goats going down from Mount Gilead. Your teeth are like a flock of shorn sheep which have come up from the washing, every one of which bears twins, and none is barren among them. Your lips are like strands of scarlet, and your mouth is lovely. Your temples behind your veil are like piece of pomegranate. Your neck is like the Tower of David, built for an armory on which hang a thousand bucklers, all shields of mighty men. Your two breasts are like fawns, twins of gazelle, which feed among the lilies. Until the day breaks and the shadows flee away, I will go my way to the mountain of mirth and to the hill of frankincense. You are all fair, my love, and there is no spot in you Come with me from Lebanon, my spouse. With me from Lebanon, look from the top of Amana, from the top of Signor and Hermon, from the lion's dens, from the mountains of the leopards. You have ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. You have ravished my heart with one look of your eyes, with one look of your necklace, how fair is your love, my sister, my spouse? How much better than wine is your love and the scent of your perfumes than all spices? Your lips, O oh my spouse, drip as the honeycomb. Honey and milk are under your tongue, and fragrance of your garments is like the fragrance of Lebanon. A garden enclosed is my sister, my spouse. A spring up a spring shut up, a fountain sealed. Your plants are the orchard of pomegranates with pleasant fruits, fragrant henna with spikenard, spikenard and saffron, calamus and cinnamon with all trees of frankincense, mirth and aloes. With all the chief spices, a fountain of gardens, a well of living waters and streams from Lebanon. Awake, O north wind, and come, O south. Blow upon my garden, that its spices may flow out. Let my beloved come to his garden and eat its pleasant fruits. 
Now, obviously, that's a you know written in the form of a love letter, but it's the bridegroom praising his bride. You are his bride. Yes, you, even the men in the audience he's listening, that are listening. You know, when he says, my sister, my wife, that's not to be confused. You're my brother and sister in Christ. We are together his bridegroom. He loves us. He loves everything about you. There is nothing wrong with you. He made you perfect. You know, sometimes we don't steward our temples as well as we should. And and I'm speaking from personal personal conviction. And, you know, maybe maybe my temple could be better in his sight. But that's just the outward side. He sees my heart. He sees your heart. And as flawed as we are, Jesus Christ loves you. He died for your sins, the sins of yesterday that you've hopefully repented from. And he died for your future sins because he knows you're going to do it. And I just pray every day that I sin less and become more obedient and closer to the Lord. So I'm just going to say this prayer for you. And uh, if you don't know Christ, I invite you to uh, to say this along with me. But it's not only going to be the sinner's prayer, but I just want to say a blessing over everyone who's watching. And, uh, and everyone, and extend it to your family and mine as well. So if you don't do not know Jesus Christ, he is a gentleman. He'll only come to you as much as you push into him. So if you don't say the prayer with conviction, uh, really, really desiring to get to know him and for him to reveal himself, he might not show up. But if you do really desire to know the Lord, his promises knock and the door shall be opened. And, you know, hundreds of millions, if not billion people uh, have had this supernatural experience with Jesus Christ. It is supernatural. He is God, and he has counted every hair on your head, uh, saved people and unsaved. But he wants to spend eternity with you. So if you do not know Jesus, just simply say, Lord, I want to know you. I've heard that you have died on the cross for me and for the forgiveness of my sins. I want to believe that. I ask for the gift of faith and I ask for your Holy Spirit to come into me and to reveal the things of Christ and to reveal and to work out the plans the Father has made before me. I come to you with a humble heart and do ask for the forgiveness of my sins. And if you just said that prayer with me in Jesus' name, in Jesus Christ, the one who died and has risen again's name, then send an email to uh, to Jeff, right on Jeff at gmail.com and just let us know that you were saved. And you could put something in the comment. And just Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone listening. I pray for their extended families. I pray for their friends, God, in these difficult times that we live in. Lord, you have brought your people through even worse in the past. Father, we're thankful that you have been gentle with us. And we thank you for even these difficult times because they're revealing more of you, God, and they're bringing us closer to you. Your word is becoming more relevant in the world. Hallelujah. Your word is becoming more 
powerful in the world through your people, even God. And I say, use us more, Lord, use us more. Let us be your servants to extend your kingdom. Surely your Holy Spirit lies within us. Surely you want to use us even greater. And Lord, in my life, I give you permission to do that. And I pray that everyone listening to this and people in the the SOS army, and which really is your army, God, it's not ours. It's just, Lord, we want to be in your service. And we say, use us, bless us, protect us, Father. Protect us from those who come against us. And Lord, for those who come against us, we pray your mighty hand of salvation on them. And, and if they are saved, even Lord, we pray that your grace enters their hearts and reveals the things that are right, Lord. And, and if there are things that, uh, that we have done wrong publicly, even on air, I commit to you, Lord, and to the audience that, uh, I will be accountable and I will come on air and actually admit and submit myself to you. So, hey, thanks for watching, everybody. Have a blessed Sunday. And remember, love your God. It is the number one commandment, of course. Love your family, even though you might not have picked them. <laughs> but love your family. God bless family. It's one of the greatest gifts in the world. Uh, love your neighbor. And it's only by God's grace that you can love all of your neighbors and not the least of which make a difference in your community. Who's right? Who's right? He's right. Right on radio. Right on radio.